Cam Rising's back. Brant Keithy's back. Devon Bailey's back. And Thomas Yasmin's back. It's a great day to be a Ute. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate all of you who have liked, subscribed, and commented on the show. You guys can hit us up on social media, too, at Lockdown Utes, and you can hit me up at JT Wistersill. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're simply just talking about Utah football getting the band back together with all of the core offensive, the biggest question marks for this Utah football team, all announcing they're coming back for the 2023 season. And in order to help me break all the goodness down, that is those four returning. It's Dante Gordy of Ute Zone. And Dante, I just, it was one of those things where the longer we waited, it was the rumors where Cam was going to come back. Then the injury happened. So it's like, okay, how does that change things? Um, but we've been hearing rumors about all the different guys, what they might be doing, what they might not be doing. They've said at other points, whether it was Cam saying he doesn't see himself coming back. Devon Vele said he was leaning towards going pro. And then all of a sudden things just kind of changed and it felt like, okay, they're going to come back. But then the longer you wait and wait, it's wait. It's like, well, wait, are they actually coming back? Are they kind of waiting? And maybe did things change? Maybe they're going pro now. And then today it became official when we just got the news dump. It was like, Woj bombs flying left and right. Basically when all the guys announced they were coming back, it was awesome to see. Like I said, we thought it might be happening and some of them were bad kept secrets, but at the end of the day, it's just so great to see it all confirmed. And it just completely changes the way you look at and evaluate this Utah football team for the 2023 season. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Cam and Yasmin to both come back, but Vele kind of shocked me because of how old he is and how it's yeah. kind of like 25. NFL teams don't really like players that are above 25 years old. And and Vele meets that criteria. So it was interesting to see, he, see him come back. And we saw what he did this season. Had some really great games. Scored a touchdown against Oregon State and USC. Both ranked opponents. So stepped up in some big games. Um, and then also, not to mention Brent Keithy, you know, a guy who's been a focal point in this Utah offense since 2019, since the Tyler Huntley days. So the familiarity with this team coming back is so intriguing, especially with Cameron Rising possibly not being there for spring camp. He already has a rapport developed with these guys. While it would be great to see him play in spring camp, he might not. And that won't be the worst thing in the world because of the familiarity he has with the players that are returning on this explosive offense. Quarterback is the most important position on the field. We know that there's a lot of other positions that contribute to it and do things. I mean, hey, just ask Oregon State fans how much their season could have been different if they had an elite signal caller. So I think that's the biggest thing I look at when we're evaluating all these guys coming back. Cam is the face of this Utah football team. He's the guy when you look to that Look, when the ball's in his hands, I think a lot of Utah fans feel good about him in the biggest moments. His performance against USC in the first go-around was simply put one of the best single performances we've ever seen from a Utah quarterback, and then he got it done again in the Pac-12 championship game. He's a guy that I trust in the biggest moments in games to come up clutch and deliver. It's why in the Rose Bowl we saw him go up and down and battle back and forth with a C.J. Stroud, make those memorable plays Cam does, and just the amount of plays, too, he creates with his legs. I know that's one of the things that the reason he's hurt a little bit is because he's a very – He's a reckless quarterback in that way where it's like he's not always going to slide. He's going to take on some of the hits, and I do expect next year him to be sliding even more, but he's a really tough guy. And just talking about his game, too, I just think I really do like the way he plays because he is a physical quarterback. He's willing to mix it up. Cam, um, Cam's one of those, also an outstanding leader. Kyle Whittingham called him as such. He does a pretty, he does a good job, especially as the season went on, kind of reading the defense, taking what they did and going through progressions. He doesn't have the greatest arm in the world, but 
I just felt like at the end of the year, too, he was playing some of his best football, and it was still a huge bummer he got hurt in the Rose Bowl because I feel like if he didn't, we were in for a fantastic finish because Cam's just one of those guys who finds a way to make plays. He was keeping every Utah drive alive by scrambling and getting those yards and avoiding pressure, something Bryson Barnes just wasn't able to do. He's a veteran. He's seen everything you can throw at him, and I know the Pac-12 is loaded with really talented quarterbacks, but with Cam coming back particularly, Utah has a chance to win the whole thing for a third time in a row. Yeah, most definitely. And you look at some of the moments that he's had, USC, Oregon State, there's so many games that he just stepped up to the table or stepped up to the plate and basically hit a home run. You know, there were some times he didn't get it done like Oregon and Florida. But at the end of the day, and the Rose Bowl to even two, Penn State went up 7-0. Cameron Rising clapped back, tied up the game. 14-7 Penn State. Cameron Rising ties it up again. You know, he's a gamer. He is most definitely a playmaker. We see what he does with his legs when he's fully healthy. And you look at the schedule, you think starting off the season with Florida again, then having to go to Waco to play Baylor. I don't know if I would trust Nate Johnson in those spots. I do believe that yeah. he's the future of Utah football, but I mean, without a doubt, we all feel more comfortable with Cam rising behind center. Yeah, it's no indictment against Nate that Cam would be a better quarterback for this team this coming season. Cam has been the starting quarterback now for the past two seasons. He's led him to heights they have never experienced before. That'd be a lot of pressure coming in on a Nate Johnson. I think Nate, I'm excited to see how he's used with this team next year. Who knows? He may even, we know nothing as it relates to the cam injury so who knows maybe cam misses the first few games of next season he could be back for fall camp as you mentioned we don't even know what it looks like as it pertains to spring ball i would be surprised if he plays in spring ball i think everyone would be but who knows by the time fall camp rolls around what his health and status is going to be but either way it just helps to have an established guy back there who's been in those moments and it's just another off season for him to grind get better we saw what a jump in chemistry he took with a guy like devon vele who's of course also coming back brant keith he's been his been his favorite target a few years too it felt like especially two years ago we know how much he got along with dalton of course cam did but brant's been a guy who can create those mismatches and get open too and just the chemistry of all these guys coming back i think is the biggest thing too and cam trusts these guys because whenever you have to build a new rapport and you're missing time it's something you spoke to a little bit earlier on this show and it's hard to build that and get that kind of going cam also built his connection with money parks we know he's going to be a part of it and i feel like mckay cope's another guy they're going to continue to work on that too it should be a familiar group for Cam Rising, and even though he might miss some of the reps in the offseason, it's nice that whenever he does get back, he has experience and trust these guys in big situations and big moments. And you also have to think about Mikey Matthews, who yeah. was one of the best players at the All-American camp, had a really good play against Cormani McClain, the number one rated cornerback. So he's a player that could possibly step up and make an instant impact. But, I mean, this pass-catching group and this offense in general is just so deep. And as, as unfortunate as it is to see players like Mikey Bernard leave, I mean, yeah. the pass-catchers, there's a surplus of them. Uh, Yasmin and Keith yet at tight end, obviously, in the receivers. Mackay Cope, like you mentioned, Money Parks, who are going to be taking on a larger role. Devon Vele, and as I mentioned, Mikey Matthews as well. I mean, this team is so deep on offense. you got a returning offense coordinator, Andy Ludwig, who's been working with Cam Rising for a multitude of years now. Yes. I mean, the, the expectations should still be the Pac-12 championship, and there's no doubt about that. But this team definitely has the potential to maybe even make it farther into the college ball playoff. Yeah, they're going to have an opportunity when you have that many guys returning in those opportunities. And we mentioned you won't really feel the loss of Dalton Kincaid, it feels like, because you have Brant Keith coming in. There's a reason we were talking about Utah having one of the best tight end duos. I won't say the best overall right now. I mean, we were just watching Georgia absolutely spank TCU and Brock Bowers. And obviously Washington looked pretty good out there too. But either way, it's going to be a big year for Brant. It feels like looming. And we're going to talk about Brant a little more in a second. But I do think it's interesting for Cam uh, that he did decide to come back because I think before the season he did tell us, hey, I'm I'm not coming back. So I think that part of it, or not before the season, but just after the Stanford game, he told us that he wasn't going to be coming back. And it was like, oh, this is the end of the Cam Rising era. Obviously things change, whether it's 
not getting the draft feedback he wants, whether it's the amount of NIL money he can get at Utah, whether it's the opportunity to three-peat with the Utes and do something that obviously very few quarterbacks have done in general in terms of winning a conference championship three years in a row. It's a great opportunity for Cam and the rest of these guys at Utah. And it's going to be exciting to see what they're able to do. We're going to talk specifically about Brant and Devon and what their returns mean to this Utah offense in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of this episode in our friends at Built Bar. Guys, Built Bar is here to help with delicious combinations, and they're available for you at your nearest Smith's or Sam's Club today, and you can grab yourself a full box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack of box of cookies and cream, coconut puffs, salted caramel brownie, batter puffs at your nearest Smith's. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-box with your hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. There's lots of great options at Built Bar. They're a delicious treat, You don't, but they don't have all the fat and calories in there that you guys hate as you're trying to lose weight with your New Year's resolutions. So then you guys got to make sure you head out and buy Built Bar. What makes Built so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond, plus all those other great flavors. And they have 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So make sure you guys head over to your nearest Smith's or Sam's Club and grab Built Bars today. All right, Dante, for Utah, Dalton Kincaid, as we mentioned, is a huge loss for this team. But Brant Keith, because he led Utah in receiving yards this past season, uh, I feel pretty good saying Brant Keith is going to do that in 2023 now that he's returning back. He's done it the past few seasons for the Utes. Got off to a fantastic start against Florida where he just looked outstanding. I think Brand is a guy who's reliable. He's a guy that Cam trusts. And I'm really excited to see the plays he's going to make next year because it felt like when Utah did struggle in a couple of those games, it would have been nice when teams can kind of focus in on Dalton in those moments that you can have your other reliable and trusty target out there. And Brant Keithy, he wasn't there, but he's going to be back this season. I think Utah fans should be fired up about one of the greatest pass catchers we've ever seen come through this school is back for another year. 100%. And you look back at to the offseason and say in August before the Florida game, if you asked any Utah fan who was going to be leading the team in receiving yards at the end of the year, the majority would probably say Brant Keithy. You know, he's Utah's Swiss Army knife, essentially. Back in 2019, scored some rushing touchdowns, has done it a few more times since then. And we all know what type of pass catcher he is, how good he is in the open field, how fast he is. I mean, just an all-around weapon. And the familiarity, like I said, the chemistry is already there with the rest of the offense. The chemistry is already there with Andy Ludwig. And there's just so much upside with this team, with all the experience and talent coming back, with Brent Keithy being right at the forefront. And I completely agree. I, I do expect him to be leading Utah in receiving yards next season. What Brent brings to this offense, too, is just a complete mismatch and game-changing nightmare at the tight end position. He is a fantastic route runner and an elite athlete, too. It's why he's a lot of people at the next level kind of wonder, what will he play? Is he more of an H-back? Doesn't seem like he is as much of a tight end. Is he just a bigger slot receiver you can use? Because he is such a sharp route runner. He comes in and out of his breaks very cleanly, gets good releases off the line, and he is so big, it's hard to jam him at the line, too. He's also a guy who's been willing because he's, he may not be the biggest blocker for the NFL standards, and I, maybe that's part of the reason he's just coming back. That and the injury, obviously, his draft stock wasn't going to be as high as he would have hoped had he been healthy and played. But he is a guy willing to mix it up and throw his body around in college. I mean, he's a guy, really good athlete, too. A lot of the stuff we saw Jalen Dixon getting around the edges on those end around and sweeps this year, that's something they've given a lot to Brant Keithy in the past. But you don't see that go to tight ends a lot. Just speaks to what a phenomenal athlete Brand is, and he's a great weapon for Andy Ludwig to have back. And I know all of the Ute fans and the Ute coaches are fired up to get him, too. Yeah, also a testament to Freddie Whittingham. In my opinion, mm -hmm. the best tight ends coach in the yes. entire nation. He's done a spectacular Preach. job finding diamonds on the rough. You know, uh, Logan Kendall and Dalton Kincaid were both FCS, FCS guys first. 
Frank Heathy was by no means an elite recruit. You know, he just defines diamonds in the rough and turns them into absolute machines. You know, Don Kincaid's probably going to be around a second round draft pick in the NFL. We know what Logan Kendall did as a blocker. I mean, just a creator in the run game. And obviously, Frank Heathy, with him coming back, it just adds so much more to this offense. And like you said, a lot of those Jalen Dixon jet sweeps were going to Frank Heathy in the past. Now we're going to see that again. We're going to see yep. a 100% Frank Heathy. We're going to see this offense reach new heights that it hasn't had before. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. One of the reasons I think Utah was talking about having a more explosive offense is because they looked at the progress Brant was making in the offseason. They saw the plays he could make after the catch, too. That's something he's done a lot throughout his career. You look at the Oregon game, even the Florida game. He's making those plays after contact, to breaking off, shaking tackles. He runs very hard. Also got really strong hands. Really rare to see him drop a ball and come down with those contested catches. Really is everything you want in a college tight end, and he's going to have a chance to be up for some of those major awards unless they want to snub him like they did Dalton Cade, which will be interesting to watch. So we both agree, Dalton, when it comes to Brant, He's the guy in terms of who's going to lead Utah in receiving yards next season. The guy who finished second in that category and also has a really good chance to do it again for the Utes is, of course, Devon Vele. And when you're talking about Devon, I think he's a guy who flashed in a lot of moments on the season, had a, had 100 yards against Penn State, but it wasn't always a consistent present this team could go to as much of a Dalton was. And I think with him coming back another year, he has an opportunity to be that kind of grow on some of the things in his game becoming a little better in some of those contested catches situations. He's, I think he's a really strong route runner, does a good job getting open, has nice length too. It's a tough guy who can power into the end zones. We saw him do on a couple occasions this season, but there were still a few areas in his game it feels like he needed to grow to and take that next step to becoming a truly elite receiver overall for college football. He was a really good Pac-12 receiver this past season. There were a lot of good receivers in the conference, but you could tell teams didn't fear him as much as they did a Dalton Kincaid. I think that's a nice opportunity for him coming back as he has a chance to make himself really feared, and even despite his age, when you're looking ahead to the 2024 draft, if he can make some necessary changes and develop his game, he could be a guy a lot of teams want to bring into their building at the next level. Yeah, his physical profile is very intriguing. You know, six foot five, mm-hmm. real long and pretty shifty. You know, he returns points as well. So um, the athleticism is certainly not lacking. And we saw him make some good strides. There were some inconsistent performances. But like I said, that Oregon State game that he had was really encouraging because yep. we know what type of secondary that Oregon State had. And that was one of the first games uh, without Brand Keithy. And it was nice to see Devon kind of step up and be that alpha um, when it comes to Utah's wide receivers. And he did that a pre- did, a, did a pretty good job of that throughout the rest of the year as well. Um, like I said, we both agree that uh, Brand Keith will be leading the team in receiving yards, but Devon is certainly not um, a bad number two option. If anything, he's one of the better ones in the conference with his, with his mix of size and speed. Yeah, and just because he's coming back, last year felt like we all thought he was going to be the breakout guy. It took a little bit for him to break out. It's obviously very different when you're talking about spring ball versus in those actual games and competitions, and that's what it kind of felt like. But once it did click for him, talk about that Oregon State game, it really did click. And he is just one of those guys who can create that separation. He's got the length, so he's a big body. It's a large catch radius for him to work with, too. And I know he didn't return any punts for touchdowns this season. It's a very hard skill. I think that's where I think a lot of us were underappreciating Britton Covey in a couple ways, I will say. But he never fumbled one he always made the right decisions it seemed like too it was very rare i was like oh that was a bad decision by devon not to fair catch that one or to let it bounce he is a smart guy and he's a leader in that receiver room too we talked about a lot of those guys coming back there's a couple of young guys too who might have a chance to assert themselves too and that having a leader like devon in the receiver room as well as a leader like brant in the tight end room is great things for both the pass catching groups that the youths possess yeah you look back at the early pack 12 days utah never really had multiple elite wide receivers you know it was always kind of just one guy with it being Drez anderson in the really early days and 
Darren Carrington for that one season and so on. But now we got two. Now we got two really great players in Brand Keith, the end of Von Vele, as well as the other guys. You know, the other guys pro provide that spark plug energy that teams need to take their offenses to the next level. You know, when when teams are doubling Devon or doubling Brand Keith, it's going to be Money Parks making a big play. It's going to be Mikey Matthews making a big play, Makai Cote making a big play. These spark plug energy type of players who are still very young, but very talented, certainly not lacking in athleticism, can burn somebody deep, can make a nice play after the catch. So just a really athletic team that Utah has probably – the most athletic team they've had since joining the Pac-12 by a pretty considerable margin. And it just adds so much more to this offense, so much more explosiveness, which is what teams need to get over that hump to win the Rose Bowl, possibly make it even farther. Yeah. So that chance this team is going to have to do is to make it to new heights because you have so many returning guys on offense. We talked about too. Clark Phillips is the guy that's going to be really tough to replace for this group. Dalton Kikade, not as much because you have Brant. We're going to talk a little bit more about, well, also the last member of the Utes Big Four that announced they were returning today, but also about how the ceiling changes for this Utah team in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but interest rates and inflation are both on the rise, as if we hadn't noticed. Well, here's the good news uccu can help use this current rise in rates to your advantage for a limited time uccu is offering a 15 month savings certificate with an incredibly high py of 4.00 percent what's a savings certificate is that like a savings account a savings certificate is similar to a savings account both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time but here's the difference savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals but a savings certificate you just make one deposit then let your money grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account how much higher let's just say a lot higher you can open a savings certificate for as little as $500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, big or small. So make sure you guys visit uccu.com to learn more or visit a UCCU branch to get a savings certificate today. It's once again a limited time offer with a variety of terms and options to match whatever you guys are looking for with that 15-month savings certificate with the incredibly IPY of 4.00%. UCCU, love where you bank. Dante, the last piece of Utes news that I think Utah fans love getting today was just kind of like the cherry on top. I mean, you look at when you're trying or just everything else that was when you get Brandt, Devon, and of course, Cam back. Well, this offense has really worked when it has two elite tight ends at its best. And I think that's what Thomas Yasmin has a chance to be coming back next year. We saw him make a nice touchdown catch in the Rose Bowl. We saw the I mean, incredible plays he made against Colorado, also against USC in the Pac-12 championship game, but did have the one drop that really hurt the Utes in the Rose Bowl. That re really was just a tough break for them in that opportunity. But I think Yasmin's a guy who's really going to thrive in that second tight end role. I think he's going to have a chance to make some big plays, do some game-changing things, get more comfortable as a blocker, too. I felt like that was one area where he needs to kind of continue to grow his game and get a little bit more physical. It's why a lot of times when Utah was going to run the ball, you see a Logan Kendall out there versus a Thomas Yasmin. And I think with him coming back another year, it's an opportunity for him to get stronger. He's a guy who's still, I think, learning some of the minute details of football. He's gotten a lot of it down, obviously, with all he was able to do last year. But this is not a guy who's been playing football since he was three years old. He's more new to the game, being a rugby guy growing up back in Australia. But it's another big body, another really athletic tight end that Fred Whittingham Jr. has done a great job developing, as you mentioned, one of the great tight end coaches. And credit him, too, for buying in Yasmin and becoming the player he is today. But it's another really nice player that I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you look at all the big names coming back for the Utes. This is a guy who's going to grab some touchdowns in 2022, 2023, a lot more than he did in 2022. Without a doubt, you know, ended the year on a nice little three, three straight yeah. game touchdown streak, but scored that really nice one against Colorado with the hurdle, ran over Kalen Bullock uh, in the Pac-12 championship game and made that nice opening touchdown score for Utah in the Rose Bowl. Um, but you kind of look back at the UCLA drop. I think everyone's forgotten about that by now. You know, yes. that was really early on. He hadn't even gotten a lot of playing time 
up until that game. And he was kind of, he kind of went, went MIA for a little bit after that. And then all of a sudden came on. And like I said, three touchdowns in a row to cap off the season, uh, not too shabby from Thomas Yasmin. And you look at how raw of a prospect he was coming to Utah from Australia as a rugby yes. player. So he's only going to get, going to get better. The best is yet to come. And while he was a senior last year, that was really the first real playing time he got. So with that experience, he's just going to keep on getting better and better and better. We know the physical attributes are there. And we know that he wants to succeed as we've seen his work ethic grow, learning the game of football since he's arrived in Salt Lake City. So, I mean, adds just another dimension to Utah football, another great athlete, another great physical specimen for Cameron Rising to throw the football to. And we know what he can do in the red zone. We know what, we can do, what he can do in open space. And it's just going to be a really electric offense to watch, really fun offense to watch. They can move the ball methodically and just big plays after big plays like we saw in that Pac-12 championship game. We've talked a lot about who the leading receivers are going to be in terms of receiving yards for this Utah team. We both believe it'll be Brant first and then Devon second. I think third is really interesting. I think Yasmin is a great chance to be it. I think Money Parks could also. I expect Yasmin to grab a few more balls than Money, but I think when Money does grab a ball, it's going to be a big bomb that leads to a 30-yard gain for this Utah team as this offense just continues to become more explosive over the course of just their evolution, it felt like. It started to click a lot of things towards the season, and I expect it to be a little bit better to start next season, too, assuming everyone is healthy. So, in the heat of the moment right now, I'm going to go that I do think Money Parks finishes in third in receiving yards with Yasmin as a close fourth. How would you go with those two? Yeah, I agree. And I also agree with your take about Yasmin just catching more, catching, catching more passes. I, I yeah. do see that happening as well. Uh, I could see Yasmin scoring about seven touchdowns to Parks, maybe three or four exactly. some along those lines. But I do agree with you that, yes, Money Parks will be third in receiving for this Utah football team. Yeah, there's fun guys who could be wild cards too. Makai Cope was a guy we all expected to really break out after he had that crazy catch this season. It didn't really happen, but Cam was throwing him the ball in a couple of big moments and big situations, showing you that he does have the trust in him. So we'll see if that can progress a little bit more over the course of next fall camp. As we mentioned, we don't know what the Rose, but what the health is going to look like for the spring game. Guys like Mikey Matthews, some of the other young receivers on this team. There's lots of wild cards, and it's going to be fun to see how it all shapes out. But Dante, if Cam, Brant, Devon, and Yasmin at all left, I think it's hard to envision a world where this Utah team does make it back to the Pac-12 championship game. And it could have happened, but when you have Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Oregon State getting a monster upgrade at quarterback, just hard to lose that. Hard to do that if you're Utah. Return to that stage when you lose so many massive contributors with that kind of experience. And it really does feel like now with all these guys back, totally changes and reevaluates where their ceiling is. Where I don't feel like, I mean, look, I'm still going to be biased. I got all the Utah stuff hanging in the background, right? But I don't feel as bad about saying, I think this Utah team can repeat as Pac-12 champions and find themselves back in the thick of the college football playoff discussion because, yes, they lost a couple key pieces, but they're getting some monster ones back. And when you return this much talent and this much core group of guys, too, while a lot of these other teams are losing pieces and have to figure things out, this Utah team is still in a really good position despite how hard the schedule is going to be in 2023. Yeah, I mean, even last year, we lost Devin Lloyd, who was the best linebacker in the entire nation. We lost Brent Covey, who was one of the best special teams players in the entire nation, one of the best slot receivers in the entire nation. And Utah still came up to play in 2022, winning the Pac-12 championship, going back to the Rose Bowl again. So even with Yasmin, Cam, Devon, and Brent Keithy all coming back, it's still going to be an uphill battle. You look at the rest of the conference, like you pointed out, all those elite quarterbacks. But the expectation does not change whatsoever, depending considering the other teams in the conference. Utah is still the top dog in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 still runs through Salt Lake City, back-to-back Pac-12 champs for a reason. And it would be dumb to to expect anything less and less this, this coming season. 
It would be. And I do think, like we said, when you're talking about how difficult the schedule is for this Utah football team, it's not easy. They have to go to Oregon State, the one game they that this incarnation outside of the Ohio State team, the one game that that 2021 team, that incarnation with Cam rising at the helm, really lost. It's very tough to win in Corvallis, just ask Oregon this past season. Also looking at some of the other ones, going to Washington with Michael Penix and that offense, challenging. You get Oregon coming in. You get Florida coming in, even though they are moved on from Anthony Richardson. Graham Mertz is still a guy who's capable. He's, he's Graham Mertz is a complete roller coaster. He's capable of having kind of those crazy games, and we'll see what it looks like for him with Billy Napier down in Florida. Baylor is a really tough one, too. The schedule is harder this season for Utah than it was last season. But you could also make the argument that this Utah football team could be even better, which seems weird to say based on the high expectations than picked to finish seventh. I don't think they'll be picked to finish as high by the media. But Cam's coming back another year. Brant's coming back. Devon's coming back. I think you look at, yes, Clark Phillips isn't there, but we look at the strides that Zamaya Vaughn has made, and I think he's ready to do some things on the back end. JT Broughton's going to be back too. You look at some of the young corners they've been able to add, and yes, with Braden Daniels gone and Paul Miley now leaving, we'll see who else ends up leaving too, but there's some other good depth on this team too. That You're looking at a defensive line that, yes, they struggled to create pressure for the most part, and Diabate and Gabe Reed are gone, but all the other guys are going to be back. And especially the interior of that defensive line, when you're talking about Peppa, Vaimahi, and Tafuna, it's tough to run on too. So I don't think it is bad to say this Utah team has a chance to be better than the most recent one. Let's say even if they come up short and don't end up, let's say maybe they even just make the Pac-12 championship, lose it, or even if they don't, it might just be because the conference is better too, because I could very well see a world where next year's team is even better than this year's team. Most definitely. You know, we saw Washington go 10 and two this season, seven and two in conference play. They didn't make the conference championship. So you could still have a very good season and not make it. That's just how good the PAC 12 was this past season and how good it's going to be next season as well. Um, I personally think the team next year is going to be better than the one this year. And mainly just because of the experience coming back on defense, specifically a linebacker, you got Lander Barton and Karen Reed who both look very good over the course of this season, but I'm expecting a big jump from Lander, especially Lander, after yeah. having some strong performances down He's the start take of the off. season. And then you also look at defensive tackle. Samote Peppa and Junior Tafuna, in my opinion, are by far the best defensive tackle duo in the conference. So you got those two players just mauling opposing, opposing offensive lines, yep. creating chances for playmakers like Lander Barn and Karene Reed to stuff the run and do things like that. And you look at the corners, Miles Battle, the Ole Miss transfer, and Zamaya Vaughn, both yes. really long. It's going to be tough to beat them deep. And then with safeties coming back, I'm not sure what the RJ Hubert status is, but I do no. know that Nate Ritchie is coming back. And that is going to be another huge addition because we saw what he did in 2020. And just imagine him next to Cole Bishop. And you're looking at mm-hmm. one of the most dangerous defenses and not just the Pac-12, but the entire country. You also mix in all the offensive players coming back. I personally think this team should be ranked higher than seventh like we were mm-hmm. this past season. Um, I'm really excited about this team. I think I love all the experience coming back. I love the talent that's coming in. And I'm I have really high expectations for this team. As I think are well warranted. You didn't even mention your guy Jonah Ellis, too, who could really explode next season after having some nice moments, too. And we'll see what Van Fillinger looks like coming back, hopefully fully healthy after his season-ending injury earlier in the year. One thing for sure, this was a great day for the Utah football program, and it's going to be a lot lot of fun to talk about them over the next couple of months because the ceiling and the outlook for next season just completely shifted. And if Dante, if some people want to get some more info on this Utah football team, where should they head over to? UteZone.com. New articles every week. Did a lot of stuff covering the Rose Bowl. Been a little MIA for the last week, but with the offseason really heating up and a lot of new additions coming in. Expect a lot of stuff just about players and their game and stuff like that. Player analysis pieces, stuff like that. And also basketball. You know, I haven't really dabbled too much in there yet, but the Utes are having a decent year. Better than I expected. Yeah, um, I mean, they already won more games in January the weekend, than they but... did last year. Yeah, certainly better than last year. So that's a fun team to watch. I've seen John Rothstein have the running mutes in his field of 68 a couple of times throughout the throughout the season. So that's really good to see. Um, encouraging stuff from them. So expect both football and basketball. And also give my Twitter a follow. The handle's right down there below. But yeah, appreciate you for having me on, JT, like always.
Always great talking to you, Dante. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. It's a brand new podcast from the Locked On Network. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Dante for joining us once again. That's going to do it for today's Locked On Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.